Welcome back. I'm Jenny Fielding, and this is Techstars IoT. Hi, welcome back. I'm Jenny Fielding, Managing Director at Techstars IoT. Um, in the recording studio today, we're joined by Christian Granado, the Director of Open Innovation at Verizon. Welcome, Christian. Thanks for having me, Jenny. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about this new program that you've launched around Open Innovation and some of your general thoughts there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, open innovation isn't a new concept. It's been around for decades already. And I think different corporations have different approaches to it. For us, it really is about bringing in thinking from the outside. It's looking at academia. It's looking at the entrepreneurial ecosystem and figuring out a way as Verizon grows as a company to tap into all of those outside thinkers, the, the folks who are building new companies who might want to use our technology or we can help them to solve the problems that they want to solve for their customers. And it's also to understand where academia is going, where they're sort of researching the forefront of IoT or media or network technology and to figure out you know, how can we enable them and how can we participate in some of that exploration. So I ran a corporate venture fund for a number of years. Why is now a really good time for Verizon and other corporates to be looking at open innovation and looking to partner with startups? I read a stat this morning about CVC participation and 2016 being the year of the, the CVC. I think more CVC participation in deals this year, larger check sizes than ever before. I think there's gonna be a pragmatic approach to open innovation investment's a piece of it, but I think for these corporates to really take advantage of the ecosystem, they've got to have a balanced approach to what they're trying to engage with. And just like the Techstars mantra says, give first. And so I think karma is a big part of open innovation. And the better you treat the partners that you work with, the better outcome you'll have as a corporate. And that, that sort of balances between obviously financial impact if you invest in companies and we do that through our Verizon Ventures arm. If you invest in companies, obviously, you know, you're looking for very hard number of return. It gets a little bit softer when you talk about the strategic insight that you get from where the puck is going and the the sort of IP that can be created through joint research and partnerships. It's a sort of balanced approach between financial, strategic and an actual product acceleration. So that's a really good point. When I was running the venture fund, one of the things that I found really difficult was extracting learnings that I may have gotten by, say, sitting on a board of a company and recycling those to the business units. How do you think about that? Or how are you trying to take a different model with what you're doing? And so coming from our, our ventures group, you know, it's a portfolio-based approach. And it's about having a not investment thesis, but a thesis about where we want to go and explore. And to just like uh, you know, someone using a, a lean startup methodology, having a hypothesis they want to test against. And so for us, it's about measuring through these experiments, and that could be a partnership with the university, a proof of concept with a startup, even some own internal concept ideation. What are the things that we want to go and solve for, number one, and, and what needs to be true for us to solve those, and doing that through a methodical approach. So one of the things that I've found interesting is how you're taking this group and, you know, trying to operate a little differently. One of the things is that you're working here out of our RISE office. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, what you were thinking when you set up the program here? Call it for serendipity. If you're, you know, if you're at the water cooler to have the coffee conversations or you're at the event or the meetup, you have a much higher likelihood in talking to somebody who's interesting and working in your space. And the beauty of 
the community here at Rise and within the New York ecosystem as a whole is that there's so many different slices and threads of themes that you can participate in, and we can pretty fairly, you know, target the different areas we want to participate in. So if it's about you know, using blockchain for IoT, we know exactly where to go and participate and send the, our internal experts to be a part of that conversation. If it's about media and advertising, there's a, a whole you know bundle of events that we can go and send them to. And, and so being a part of the community, just from a proximity perspective, is great. But really, it's about just being close and then on top of that, figuring out where and how you want to participate in the conversation. And that goes back to the sort of give first mentality. You know, it can't just be, hey, we're, we're Verizon. We want to learn about all the cool stuff you're doing. It's got to be more about, hey, we're, we're Verizon. Oh, by the way, we're not the old Verizon that you think of when you think about making phone calls. We're a company of platforms that can help your business get to where it needs to go better, faster, smarter. And here's how we can help. One of the things that we love is having you guys here, right? So we sit just upstairs, and so that serendipity, as you call it, you know, by the water cooler, we can always grab you guys. You're in and out, and so that's been really great for Techstars IoT, and you guys are one of our, you know, our key partners in that. So because we are running an IoT program, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts around IoT and ThingSpace and some of the stuff that you guys are doing at Verizon. It's one of the biggest growth areas we have as a company. As we look to enable different types of applications on top of our infrastructure, ThingSpace as our IoT platform itself is a starting point to enable a bunch of different use cases on top of the network. We are really interested in IoT specifically around areas where we can develop new use cases in, in places that didn't exist before. So we're talking about you know, the recent announcements of uh, CAT-M, CAT-1, the ability for devices, sensors, and objects to be connected in new low-cost ways that didn't exist before in the past. I think that opens up a whole bunch of different positive benefits that we can have not only on businesses but as in society as a whole. And you know, part of why that's such an interesting area for us to participate with Techstars around is that we need some new ideas from outside the company to explore. We might not be experts in ag tech. We'd rather have a conversation with a farmer who's been working in the space for 50 to 60 years to tell us about the pains of the businesses that they're in and find that intersection of the platforms and the technologies we have in the IoT space to help solve their problems. And so it's a little bit of a, a mix of defining what those new use cases are that our technology can enable. But it's also about hearing from people who are going to be our customers or our partners so that we can understand what is the thing that we need to go and solve for and really getting obsessed with their issues, business opportunities and potential and having an empathic understanding of, of where we can go and help. So talking about ThingSpace, can you give some examples of how startups or early stage companies are utilizing the platform and some of the use cases that you've seen? Yeah, so if you look at ThingSpace, it becomes your one-stop shop for, for managing your connected devices. It provides an unprecedented ability for a developer, both on the enterprise side and within a startup, to really look at cellularly connected devices the same as they would, you know, and, and as simply as they would a Bluetooth or Wi-Fi connected device. And one of the things that we love as a, a benefit is that, you know, it's, it's almost a reduction in friction for their end users to manage it through ThingSpace. So one of the things you don't have to worry about with cellular is, okay, I've got to go and connect my Bluetooth device, or I've got to go and think about my Wi-Fi password and explain that to my grandma. Those things are a little bit tough. And so when you think about cellular, it becomes a much simpler way to just be connected all the time. 
And in the past, people always chose Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or ZigBee, Z-Wave, you name the protocol, and, and said, well, it's cheaper to get that module and I don't have to pay for the connection. Um, but what we're seeing, and ThinkSpace is a big piece of this, is a shift from those old types of connections, which might not have the ideal customer experience, to something that's just super simple, always on, and things like Cat1, CatM, and ThinkSpace really enable all that. So diplomatic saying might not be the best experience. <laughs> mm, maybe not. <laughs> I, I, you know, I still have a hard time getting the Wi-Fi password here right at rise sometimes. So, you know, we gotta we got to make it as easy as possible. Awesome. And I know one of our companies, Losant, that's going through our program right now, is working closely with you guys. And, and that's an exciting partnership that's developing. Absolutely. So let's talk about smart cities for a minute. You guys are obviously very much involved in the ecosystem here in New York and elsewhere. How are you thinking about smart cities and the intersection of some of the products that you're developing? Yeah, I think it's an extension of the conversation we're having around ThinkSpace, right? It, if you look at the, the future of connected devices for, for cities, it's an opportunity to not only gather data about what's going on within their municipality in new and unprecedented ways, but it's, it's an opportunity for citizens within that city to have a better, deeper connection with the neighborhood they're in, the city that they're in, and sort of take civic engagement to a new level. You see that with some of the recent acquisitions that we've done within our Smart Cities group. And that's led by Lonnie Ingram, who's just a complete awesome visionary for how we can bring all this to market. If you look at the acquisition of Sensity, for example, it takes existing infrastructure like a streetlight and, and turns it into a cellularly connected hub for all these use cases to get enabled to gather data in new ways to help drive both safety and security and efficiency within the municipality itself. And then you look at our most recent acquisition on that front, uh, Liquid Wi-Fi, which is a sort of next generation citizen engagement kiosk. Those two things put together on top of all the infrastructure and existing smart cities solutions that we've had in the past create a really nice set of offerings that bridge data, the citizen, and the government in really, really new ways. Do you feel like this is a growth opportunity for telcos? I mean, they're obviously, whether it's you or whoever, looking for new users and new growth. Totally. I think, I think there's a couple of components to it where we as Verizon are, are looking to new ways that cities connect and, and, you know, that could be through wireless, that could be through landline infrastructure build out. Those different core areas can be complemented really, really well with some of these solutions that we're talking about some, and the recent acquisitions talk to it. You can look at Boston and some of our announcements there being a, an example of how we're looking to both connect cities and then you look at these recent acquisitions that we've done as examples of not just actual network connections, but connections to people and data and information. It seems like you guys have been doing some large acquisitions recently. So instead of kind of investing small, you're, you're thinking pretty big. How does that fit in with your larger strategy? You know, I think you might be talking about some of the things we're doing on the telematics front. We've looked at the telematics business as a definite growth area, right, where the connected car is an interesting space. The question and the battle for the OBD2 port, you know, who owns the OS, those are, those are all interesting competitive questions. But for Verizon, we know that one way, shape, or form, the car is going to have to have a connection that's strong enough to enable all those different use cases. And so, you know, one of the things that we've looked at and is sort of exemplified by some of the recent acquisitions is that the truck is an interesting space 
for us to participate in. And so if you look at Fleetmatics, for example, it's very much about understanding medium and enterprise size fleets and thinking through what are some new ways where that connection can produce value in today's world for business owners and fleet management operators. And so those types of tools were a really, really good complement to the existing set of software and assets that we had within our telematics group before. And we definitely see that as a interesting current market need that we could address. And so we, we definitely went big there. That's awesome. Tell us some of the areas within IoT that you personally are excited about, regardless of Verizon. Like, where are you seeing the, the pockets of opportunity? I've been noticing recently, people used to say, yeah, you know, say investors, they'd say, I'd, I'd focus on connected home. Now they're saying, I focus on connected home and autonomous vehicles. So mm-hmm. it's like that all of a sudden has come in as a new vertical that they're specifically looking at. So what are some of the, the exciting areas, would you say? You know, I, I'm pretty pumped about a couple of, and, and the the cost piece of it is an interesting starting point. So the ability for things to get connected bef- uh, today and in the next couple of years that no one would even think about because the business case wasn't there, right? Like the, the economics of putting a chip in or the economics of getting a data point weren't net positive. And so I think obviously more things being connected and I won't even, you know, pick the trillions or quadrillion dollar estimates and in, in growth in the IoT space. But I think understanding where that cost trade-off is that, that was a hurdle to some of those use cases before that no longer exists is an interesting way to explore and think about, well, where are the buckets of value that need to get created there? So really geeky stuff. No, no, really fun, geeky no stuff. fun autonomous cars. You're really going down I like the down unsexy areas, right? <laughs> There's so, so many unsexy areas that awesome. are billion-dollar businesses that if you just sort of put that lens over it and say, what are the couple data points that you can get to really drive efficiency? Those are great, great starting points. And then you look at deeper areas of the stack that people are exploring, like, okay, how do you apply blockchain to IoT and smart contracts? Those are the sort of interesting enablement areas that, you know, outside of cryptocurrency will become a a definite application of the the sort of um, protocols. And then going forward, thinking about you know, what are the right platforms to go and build or the features of those platforms for us as Verizon? And we'll selectively play all the way up to the application layer and bring those to market. And so, you know, we're trying to understand where is the the really cool intersection between all three of those areas where new, more secure protocols, the ability for unsexy, somewhat boring use cases to drive billion-dollar businesses and, and where are the selective applications that can really exemplify what those look like, really create the trifecta of opportunity for us as Verizon, and then sort of put the lens on top of that around how do we really impact the the world around it, right? How do we go and help increase crop yield and efficiency? How do we think about driver safety and security? How do we look at city and uh, municipal governments and, and think about how you can get to a vision zero goal of zero pedestrian accidents? Those are the things that keep me excited that when we wake up in the morning, we're really doing things to change the world. That's awesome. So a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, whether they're students or whether they're just starting a company or down the journey. I'd love to have your advice on, you know, working with big companies and how best to, you know, approach large companies like Verizon or others. Yeah, I think a tempered approach is a good one. Big companies offer a ton of resources. Part of why we developed Open Innovation as a whole was to find that 
landing point for them and to engage proactively. And so for us, we understand where the sockets into the company are and the interesting problems that and challenges that we would like to solve in collaboration with folks outside of the company. And I think the advice is try and find the us's of the world at a big company to help you navigate, to understand where the opportunities are, because what they're doing is exciting, right? And you go to a big company and there's plenty of people who get excited about what you're going to be doing. I think there's a subset of that who can help bring that to execution and to market. So be persistent, I guess is what you're saying. And, you know, make sure that you're not giving up, but finding the right people. Find the right people first. I think persistence in the wrong direction is is going to lead to <laughs> a lot of burn and time. I guess I mean don't get you know don't get put off if you if you don't have a great response immediately, right? Because yeah. sometimes you're not talking to the right people. Yeah, yeah. I think time up front spent not placing all eggs in one basket within a big company is good. I think working through your network as an entrepreneur to understand where people have had past successes. Or failures before with big companies is going to be good. And to not just give your generic pitch deck like you would to an investor to a big corporate. And so taking a little bit of time and thinking about how do I personalize this and make it, you think about a cover letter on a resume, how do you make it meaningful for the person that you're applying to get that job from? Same deal for a company like Verizon or any big corporate. What are the things that are challenging us as a company? What are the things that you can help solve for them? And how do you make the business that you're standing up most applicable and relevant and almost give a path forward that doesn't include being preloaded into every phone on every device that Verizon has into the market? Wait, we can't do that? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. Just give us a call. We'll we'll, we'll give you Jenny's cell phone number. (laughs) Right back at you. All right. Well, we're out of time, but thank you so much. This has been awesome to hear more about Verizon and what you guys are up to. So thanks, Christian. Thank you. Thanks again for joining me for Techstars IoT and stay tuned for next week and our next episode.